You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Today's episode is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. Happy Monday, everybody. Today on the show, I want to talk a little bit about what the Timberwolves need to do this season to immediately improve. And by that, I mean, go from a bottom five team in the league, which they were, uh, full body work last year and, and have been the last couple of years to a playoff team. And maybe it's seed seven, maybe it's seed 10, maybe it's somewhere in the middle, maybe it's up to six in the Western Conference. I, I, this isn't a prediction show or anything like that, but what can the Wolves do with the current roster, you know, not including a potential, you know, blockbuster type trade? What could the Timberwolves do right now to improve this team from last year to last season to this season to make themselves a playoff team? Um, and how realistic is it that they can do that? I also want to touch on, uh, this is a few days old now, but uh, Seth Partnow over at The Athletic, of course, formerly of the front office, the Milwaukee Bucks, had a uh, his NBA player tiers. We're right on the front edge of NBA player ranking season, right? Like Sports Illustrated, ESPN. Um, I don't think NBA.com does one. Bleacher Report. Like there's a bunch of different outlets that put out their player ranks for the season. Um, you know, just kind of a, ridiculous exercise, but you know, whatever it's, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to see where, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is always in the top 25, but how far has he slid this year? That, that type of a thing. Um, does Angel Russell get overranked again? Um, those lists are fun. We're right at the start of when those start to come out. It feels like September is kind of the, the main uh, timeline for that. But Seth Partnow over at the athletic put out his best 125 players in tiers. So it's not a pure ranking and it's, it's um, maybe a little less fun for, uh, you know, sound bites and, and uh, aggregation and articles and stuff like that. But it, it's a more reasonable way to, to do the exercise. So I want to talk about where the three Timberwolves players that ranked at the top 125, where they landed in the tiers. And we'll close the show with that today. All right. Um, our quick reminder here off the top, though, that you can subscribe or follow this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. And my account is at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Okay, let's go ahead and, and start with uh, my thoughts on, on how the Wolves can immediately improve. So the first one is the one that we usually set aside, you know, anytime we do any sort of a, you know, what could this team do better? Not including stay healthy, but, but we have to start there. Um, and that has to be number one, right? Health slash staying on the court. Um, we could include, uh, like injuries as well as COVID list, as well as suspensions, because for all those reasons, last year never got off the ground for the wolves. Um, if you're listening to the show, if you're subscribed to the show, you know, the story, the cliff notes are Carl Anthony towns dislocates or the wrist subluxation in the second game of the season misses, I think, uh, six, nine games, something like that. Um, Right around the time he's getting healthy, D'Angelo Russell has a hamstring issue, and then he shortly thereafter ends up with a knee problem, ends up getting surgery, misses several weeks of the season, a couple of months, really. Blake Beasley was suspended for a dozen games or so shortly after Ryan Saunders was fired and Chris Finch was hired, 
and he he serves the suspension, comes back, plays three out of four games, hurts his hamstring out for the rest of the season. Um, mixed in there, you had you had some more minor things. You had uh, Anthony Edwards started the year coming off the bench, so he didn't play very heavy minutes with Towns or Russell before all these issues came about. You had other COVID issues. Juancho Hernan Gomez was expected to be the starting four. He starts the year, or shortly after the year starts, ends up on the COVID list. Ricky Rubio missed some games as a, as a close contact. Jordan McLaughlin missed some games due to COVID and didn't look himself when he returned. Um, and, and certainly the Wolves weren't the only team that dealt with some of this stuff. But the perfect storm of the overlap of all of it, right when this team was expecting to you know, add Anthony Edwards to the mix and, and see what they had, of course, D'Lo and oh, and of course, Carlton Towns had COVID as well. I can't believe I didn't mention that. But shortly after he came back from the wrist injury, he gets COVID. Um, so him and Hernan Gomez were, th- were out. Rubio missed a couple of games. So this team was just not together um, up until Russell returned following the knee surgery midseason. That it was well documented that that Russell and Towns had played what seven total games together or something like that, and then they finished the year together. Uh, you know, nine and seven over the final sixteen games, I believe it was. And the the numbers with the two of them on the court are are extremely positive, and we've talked quite a bit about that here on the show, and it's that that of course has been well documented as well. So, I think number one is getting these guys on the court together. So health, and it's not a crazy thing to say. I think it has to be mentioned, and I think it's one of the things I mentioned this on. I think it was Friday's show that's just getting completely overlooked by the national folks that this particular roster has not played together. And I, I think the thing that really got on my nerves last week was the Patrick Beverly stuff with the, after the trade, there were some comments, you know, some national articles giving the Wolves like a C, you know, why are you adding a veteran who should be on a playoff team to a team that was fifth worst in the league last year? You know, one of the league's youngest teams, the, the, I think it was Ryan Hollins that tweeted out, it was Ryan Hollins that tweeted out, you know, if Beverly gets a buyout, he'll go to the Lakers, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. Why would the Wolves not try and get better? They've got a top 25 player in Carl Anthony Towns. They've got the rookie of the year runner up in Anthony Edwards. They've got another couple top hundred players for sure. You know, at least one in D'Angelo Russell, potentially another in Malik Beasley. Why, why would they not try and improve their roster? Why would they not trade a couple of guys who were out of the rotation in Jarrett Culver and Watcher Hernan Gomez for, uh, for Patrick Beverly? Uh, you know, a starting caliber point guard. He's going to be one of the league's best backup point guards this year. Why would they not try and get better? And why would this team, by, you know, adding exactly what they need in perimeter defense, perimeter shooting, toughness, playoff experience, which by the way, Beverly's been in the playoffs every single year of his career, which was true of Jeff Teague when he came to Minnesota as well, by the way. Um, Very different players, but that was kind of one of the things, one of the talking points around Jeff Teague was he's a winner. He's always in the playoffs. And and you could say that about Patrick Beverly, like him or hate him. He's always in the playoffs. Um, Why would they not try and improve the team? And and how could this team not be better by getting Patrick Beverly? Um, It just just ignores the fact that Carl Anthony Towns, a healthy Towns with a healthy Russell, a healthy Beasley, Anthony Edwards, add Patrick Beverly, Jaden McDaniels, this is a solid roster with talent. It really, truly is, and it's it's far too easy to overlook that. So health, that gets you a decent chunk of the way there. Now, even when healthy at the end of the year, end of the year last year, and of course this is rookie Anthony Edwards without Patrick Beverly, without some of these other tweaks the Wolves have made, um, they were still only roughly a 500 team, right? I mean, I think I think total Towns and Russell together for their career somewhere right around 500 now, like 11 and 11 or 
12 and 11 or something like that in games that they've started or played in together. So clearly health is just by itself, not enough. And I'm not suggesting that suddenly magically by being healthy, this is a playoff team. There's other areas that the Timberwolves need to improve in. And I want to talk about that next segment, a couple of really specific on-court things that they need to do to improve. And then we'll get into the, um, into the, the tiers list at the athletic here in just a little bit. Before we do all that though, let's talk about our friends at sweat block. Hey, there's a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's super embarrassing. Some of you may know, I personally have dealt with this and many people have, right? Uh, if I'm speaking in public or, you know, interview, um, important speech, et cetera, uh, it's easy to sweat through your shirt. It's not life and death. There's definitely much worse problems, but in the moment, it always feels like a big deal. Sweat block though is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. That's why I now use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. You simply apply them at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true, but you literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week. It keeps you dry the entire time. No more pitting out, no more picking your shirts based on which one hides sweat better. Sweatblock wipes are doctor-created, doctor-recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't help keep you dry, it you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by firefighters, Sweatblock's also a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews. You can wear whatever you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence. It's a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag, whether it's a big presentation, a hot date, an interview, um, whatever it might be, Sweatblock is the way to go. If it's you or someone you love that's dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. Again, sweatblock.com, promo code locked on for 20% off. You can also snag it at Amazon and CVS or go to sweatblock.com. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off today. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. It's that time of year again. All eyes are now turning to football. Teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo equals make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Again, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is your online sportsbook experts. Again, the promo code for that NFL special is NFL100. Otherwise, use promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's talk about. The other things the Wolves need to do this year to improve from within. Uh, the next thing, again, after health, natural improvement, right? I mean, you're talking about two guys last year, two of the starters at the end of the season, Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, who are both rookies, first-round draft picks. Um, both of those guys are going to improve naturally in their in year two. There's almost always a sophomore leap, especially from guys who overachieved as rookies. Um, I know Anthony Edwards was the first overall pick. And he didn't win Rookie of the Year. But that just, first of all, shows you how good LaMelo Ball was when he was healthy and on the court. 
And second of all, it shows you just how high expectations were for Anthony Edwards. But also remember, he really struggled the first few weeks of the season. And he was so good down the stretch that I would even say he certainly overachieved in regards to my expectations. He, he exceeded my expectations for him last year based on how well he played in March, April, and May last season. Um, Anthony Edwards is going to get better. He got better defensively as the year went on. He started understanding his role more on that end of the floor. Um, new head coach Chris Finch handed him the keys more within the offense. He's going to initiate more pick and roll this year. He's going to be the one handling the ball, getting downhill. Uh, last year, he was a lot of the time he was operating in in horn sets with Towns, with D'Angelo Russell or uh, Ricky Rubio initiating the offense. I think we're going to see Ant initiating with Jade McDaniels and Carl Anthony Towns um, at the elbows in those horn sets down the stretch of games this season. I think we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see a lot more decision-making responsibilities put in, put on Ant's shoulders. And he's going to naturally improve because it's year two. He's super talented. He's obviously a hard worker. Um, he's a good natural shooter that's only going to get better. And I, I mean, that means a lot, right? I mean, the April and May and March, April, May version of Anthony Edwards is, is a completely different player than what we saw in December and January of last year. And if we're getting anything close to that version from March, April, May, or potentially even better, that's scary for the rest of the league. That's natural improvement. Jaden McDaniels is another one. He wasn't even in the rotation at the very start of the season. He saw his minutes gradually increase. He mostly played the four almost exclusively under Ryan Saunders got a lot more minutes at the three under Chris Finch. I think he'll play a lot of four this year just because that's the way you get Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell all on the court at once, and not to mention Patrick Beverly. All those guys deserve to be in, in closing lineups, you know, depending on matchups and depending on foul trouble. But all those guys can be part of a crunch time lineup, right? And so Jaden McDaniels is more likely going to be at the four in those lineups. But he could play the three more often this year. We know that uh, that Chris Finch likes to play big, so maybe we see Nas Reed play the foursome if they can figure out what they're going to do defensively with with Nas and Cat on the floor at the same time. Uh, but at any rate, we're going to see Jaden McDaniels improve under Chris Finch. You could throw in Jalen Noel. I mean, he basically didn't play much as a rookie. He wasn't in the rotation for most of last year, but he had that strong six-week stretch from the end of January to early March where he was really good uh, before he got hurt. Jalen Noel is going to be better this year. We saw him improve, you know, show improvement in summer league as, as did Jaden McDaniels. Uh, you know, Leandro Balmaro, we don't know what to expect from him if he'll be in the rotation early or not, but he's a rookie coming in. You're going to get some natural improvement. Throw in Carl Anthony Towns defensively, right? I mean, he improved defensively last year, certainly early in the season. We saw him competing defensively in those, I guess, two games before he hurt his wrist. And then, you know, who knows with the conditioning after he had COVID-19 in January of last year. Uh, but... If Cat improves defensively, and I think it's fair to assume he's going to continue to improve defensively because he has the last couple of years, that's more natural improvement. So first, you've got health. Secondly, you've got natural improvement. We're already talking about this team being at least a 500 team. Now, what else do they have to do? Well, there's a couple of areas that they very clearly need to compete more than what they've done in the past. And I don't think it's that, they, that they're short on the personnel side anymore. Or, or even that they were last year, for that matter. I think it was a combination of lack of effort, uh, you know, lack of availability and health, and then also some coaching issues early in the season. But competing not just defensively in the half court, but also in transition. Uh, this has been chronically a problem for the Wolves: is getting back in transition, and um, frankly, just defending ninety-four feet. And 
that's that's competing more than anything else. It's also awareness. I mean, you had young guys like Anthony Edwards who were losing their guy in transition frequently. D'Angelo Russell, that happens far too often for a veteran who's an intelligent player, you know, to to have those issues. But locating your guy in transition or really just stopping the ball, getting back and getting matched up in the secondary break, that's super important. And the Wolves were terrible at that last year. Related to that is rebounding. And I have said this on this show. I've said it until I feel like I should be blue in the face that rebounding is part of defense because the possession only ends if the other team scores or you secure a rebound or you get a steal, right? I mean, as soon as, as soon as the other team, or or I should say, or the other team turns the ball over. So it's a turnover, it's a made shot, or it's a defensive rebound. That's the only way that a possession ends. So if you're not turning other teams over and the Wolves did that okay last year, um, and you're not giving up baskets, which you don't want to do. The only other way you can end the de- end the possession is defensive rebounding. That's the reason so many of these advanced metrics have a heavy weight on rebounding, right? I mean, you look at like win shares and basketball reference. It's a flawed stat to be sure. But, you know, basically every stat is in some way, right? Um, it's heavily weighted towards rebounding. That's why big men are always rated really well or always have really strong win share scores, win shares per 48 um, on basketball reference because they get a ton of rebounds and, uh, and it weights those heavily. Um, but for good reason, because rebounding really matters. And outside of Carl Anthony towns, the wolves have not had very many guys that rebound their position at average or better. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about great rebounders. I'm saying average or better for their position. Ricky Rubio is an average, slightly above average rebounder when it comes to the point guard position. D'Angelo Russell's not bad. He's, he's basically average in terms of his rebound rate for his position. Malik Beasley's not a good rebounder. Uh, Anthony Edwards was not a good rebounder for most of last year. Jaden McDaniels did not rebound his position well last year. Juancho Hernan Gomez was a pretty mediocre rebounder. Um, I think he's gotten a little bit too much credit for his work as a rebounder. Um, Obviously, he's not on the team anymore, but he was a big part of the rebounding issues uh, last season. Nas Reed has not been consistent enough. I've called him out on this show plenty of times uh, for, you know, when he was when he was starting in place at Towns last year, basically just disappearing on the defensive glass. We saw that when he came off the bench behind Towns as well. And part of, you know, that was mitigated a little bit when he moved to the four at times, because it, there's, you know, the further down the line you move, if you're, if you move from the five to the four, from the four to the three, from three to the two, there's less rebounding responsibility. So Nas as a four is a much better rebounder than Nas as a five, um, right? And now they've added a, a strong rebounder in, for his position in Patrick Beverly. D'Angelo Russell's fine. Um, for his size, Jordan McLaughlin's fine. Uh, Anthony Edwards should continue to improve. If you put Jaden McDaniels at the three, if you play bigger lineups with Nas Reed at the four, Leandro Balmaro should be a decent rebounder because of his, uh, the way he plays the game, the way he understands angles and spacing, um, and his size, if he's playing at the three, he should be a decent rebounder at the NBA level. Um, and the wolves are, are kind of tweaking their roster around the edges to try and, and improve in the, in that area. And Chris Finch has talked about this actually just recently. He did that interview with Britt Robson over at the athletic, uh, late last week, a two-part interview. And he talked about rebounding and, and why he's a proponent of crashing the offensive glass, because that turns into transition defense. If you don't get the offensive rebound, Jared Vanderbilt's a great example. I didn't even mention him a minute ago. He's a fantastic rebounder. He's going to get more run with this team if he if he's brought back in restricted free agency, but one of the things Vando does so well is he contests every rebound. If he doesn't get the defense or the offensive rebound, he's in position to pressure the ball immediately to try and and you know the big man on the other team that might get the defensive rebound. Vando's all over him to try and contest the you know the the outlet pass to the point guard to try and and keep the other team from going the other way quickly, and, and that matters. That's all part of transition 
defense. It's all part of rebounding. Um, and Jared Vanderbilt is good at those things. And that's why he's a, one of the main reasons why he's a valuable player. Um, so he's, in some ways, the poster boy, both of these things. Defense overall, transition defense, and rebounding on both ends of the floor, but especially defensive rebounding. And um, those are if, if the Wolves can improve in those areas and just become decent at, at, at defense, defense and transition and de- decent on both ends at rebounding the ball, then they become a middle-of-the-pack defensive team almost immediately without improving much at all in the half court. And obviously their pick-and-roll coverage last year was a mess. And a lot needs to change there. And it sounds like it will uh, with the new defensive coordinator, new defensive system this year, uh, you know, not playing drop coverage anymore. It doesn't seem like, and they were much, much better for what it's worth in summer league with guys like Jaden McDaniels and, and, uh, and Jalen Noel and the young, the point guards, McKinley, Wright And, um, Isaiah Miller, uh, Nathan Knight, uh, as a big man, all those guys were defending the pick and roll, the point of attack, you know, on the perimeter, much, much, much better than the actual Timberwolves did all of last year and, and really every year ever. But um, that that obviously matters. But that that's a much more it's a much bigger ask to figure that out than simply competing in transition, competing on the glass, you know, floor balance, spacing, all those things. If they can just clean those things up and play hard, communicate, you know, that's it's all related. Then then this team's going to go from a bottom five team combined with health, natural improvement of these young players, having a healthy superstar like Carl Anthony Towns on the floor for the majority of the season, this team becomes an above 500 team. I truly believe that. I'm going to keep beating that drum. Um, you know, again, not enough, not making an official prediction yet. We're still in August. But if those things happen and those aren't crazy asks, then we're looking at a, a playoff team next year, at least a top 10 team in the Western Conference, which, which isn't going to excite too many people, but I think it would excite Timberwolves fans, right? I mean, one playoff appearance in the last 17 years, but you don't need me to tell you that if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, I bet. So, okay. Next, what I want to do is talk about tiers, tiers of players, the top 125 players in the league, according to Seth Partnow on the athletic over at the athletic, I should say. So I want to get into that list here next. First though, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's show. That's rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why do often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like is your odyssey an LX or an EX questions of that nature, and then have to wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Of course, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, let's talk about those player tiers over at The Athletic. Again, this is Seth Partnow. He was a former writer at Nylon Calculus over at Fansided, which, of course, is uh, where Dunking with Wolves, uh, the network that Dunking with Wolves, I'm co-expert at Dunking with Wolves. It's part of Fansided, so is Nylon Calculus. Uh, Seth was over there, and he uh, was in the Milwaukee Bucks front office for the past few years. I think he was like the director of uh, basketball analytics or basketball research or something like that was his title. Um, and he 
uh, well, actually, I'll just I'll just say exactly what it was. Director of basketball research for the Milwaukee Bucks for several years. He now writes for The Athletic. He put out a tier ranking of the top 125 players in the league. He talks about in his article um, about this being something he did when he was in the front office. Basically, they rank all players in the league. There's obviously a lot that goes into it, but by tier instead of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and so on, because there's that's an exercise in futility to, to truly do that. And, and it all always depends on your team and your position, right? Um, not every player in the first, well, that's a bad example because the first tier, yeah, every team would want all those players, but not every player and call it tier 4B is necessarily going to fit the Milwaukee Bucks roster, but there might be one guy in tier, in tier 4A that fits, that doesn't fit quite as well as somebody in 4B, but they're close in terms of the tier system. And so you might prefer the guy in 4B and it's just a little bit less um, less muddy in some sense than than trying to split hairs and rank guys one through one twenty five. So that's what this is. This ranking is born out of. Um, and there's three Wolves players on this list in the top one twenty five, um, which is you could probably guess which which the three are. But I want to start by quick listing off the players he's got in his top couple of tiers. So tier one, he's got seven players. None of these are a surprise. He's got Giannis, Kevin Durant, LeBron. James Harden, oh, by the way, those three are tier 1A. So the top three players, according to him, in no particular order, Giannis, Kevin Durant, LeBron. Tier 1B is James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, and Steph Curry. That makes sense. No argument here for me. Tier uh, So that's, that's tiers 1A and 1B. That's the top seven players. Then he gets into 2A and 2B. Uh, it gets a little muddy here. So 2A, he's got Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, and Luka Doncic as the only three players in 2A. 2B, he's got Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Rudy Gobert. 2C, Bam Adebayo, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, Kyrie Irving. This to me is tricky. Uh, I think putting, uh, I don't know, these sub-tiers, this is obviously an inexact science, but in my mind, Luka, Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, I would say also Embiid, Jimmy Butler. I think they're all clearly ahead of Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo, Chris Paul. And then I think there's even another layer there where then you'd put Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, Kyrie Irving. Uh, But I understand that grouping. And then you look at the guys in 3A and 3B, and that's where you start wondering, can you bump some of those guys up to that second tier? Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, Trey Young, Zion Williamson are all in tier 3A. Then he gets into 3B. Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Jamal Murray, Carl Anthony Towns, Mike Conley, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That's the end of 3B. Then the next tier down, 3C, he's got Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam, Russell Westbrook, Zach Levine. So he's got Towns ahead of Simmons, which is interesting to me. Towns ahead of Draymond, ahead of Jalen Brown, Siakam, Westbrook, Levine. He's got Towns on the same tier as Mike Conley, Gilgis-Alexander, Jamal Murray, John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Bradley Beal. I would put Towns, Towns, Beal, and Mitchell ahead of John Morant, Mike Conley, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander fairly easily. You know, you could argue with, about uh, Jamal Murray being on the same level as Beal, Mitchell, and Towns. Um, and also putting them a half notch below Devin Booker. Well, I guess I understand Devin Booker at this point. Drew Holiday, Trey Young, Zion Williamson. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, but... What this boils down to is Towns is, is in the top 30. If you go tier 1A to through 3B, that's 30 guys. And he's got Towns in 3B, which is like number 24 to 30. So he's somewhere in the 24 to 30 range, according to Seth Partnow. 
Um, that seems right. I mean, I would have said before last season, he or two years ago, you know, following his second All NBA season, I would have said he's a top twenty player. I think most people did. Heading into last year, I said he was top twenty five. I think he's still probably I would put him in the top twenty five. But you could, as long as you got him in the top thirty, that's okay with me. If you said he was the twenty eighth best player, I'm not going to get too upset about that because he hasn't had a full season in the last two years, and he took a minor step backwards last year when he was on the court. Obviously had an awful year prior to that with, you know, plenty of you know, the tragic death of his mother. And then he had COVID himself last year, multiple injuries, uh, coaching changes, the whole thing, right? There's plenty of reasons why Towns took a minor step back last year. And, and I understand all of it, but all that to say, I understand if you dock him a few spots because of, of what, you know, how his season turned out last year. Um, so that ranking seems to make sense to me. Um, most of this list kind of shakes out as I would expect. The other Timberwolves on this list, he's got D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. And actually, Patrick Beverly's on here too. When he first did this list, he wasn't on the Timberwolves. So there you go. There's four Wolves on this list. He's got uh, Anthony Edwards, Patrick Beverly, and D'Angelo Russell all in Tier 5A. There's 46 players in Tier 5A, which means this is, uh, I don't know, quick math. Um, This is spots 81 through 125. So that so he doesn't rank them within the tiers again. So this is this means that Beverly Edwards and D'Angelo Russell are all between number eighty-one and one hundred and twenty-five in the mind of Seth Partnow. And if we're going to rank every player in the NBA, um, other players in this tier that are notable to me: Alex Caruso, Andrew Wiggins, um, Blake Griffin is still in this tier. He's got Buddy Heald here. Uh, Colin Sexton made it this year, which is interesting. Uh, Danilo Gallinari is down to this tier. Um, let's see other names that I don't know is surprising to me. Like, uh, I guess Duncan Robinson deserves to be on here. Gary Trent Jr. is on here. Um, uh, Evita Zubats is on here. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jared Allen. Um, it just, you know, a bunch of really, these are all kind of like rotation guys on playoff teams. Lonzo balls on here for the first time. He's got his, his ranking from last year too listed. So Patrick Beverly is actually down a tier from four B last year. D'Angelo Russell's down a tier from four B last year. So three tier rules in the 81 to 125 tier. Uh, and it seems about right. You know, I, I might argue that D'Angelo Russell should be like in the 65 to 75 range, but that's almost kind of splitting hairs, really. Um, what that tells us is he's outside the the all-star level, right? I mean, like all-star guys are going to be like your top 30-ish and your all-NBA teams are like your top 30-ish. And then you get into guys that are borderline all-stars and D'Lo's probably right outside that, like a really good starter who probably isn't isn't worth a max contract but he's been an all-star before and he's still young enough where he could he could make an all-star team again if some things click. Uh, but I, I get why he's ranked where he is. I think it's cool. Anthony Edwards made the list. I, I was kind of surprised he was on here. Patrick Beverly, this is where I'd expect him to be in that probably in that 100 to 125 range, borderline starter. Um, you know, health is an issue for him. I've talked about that on the program last week. But uh, yeah, I mean, three, three Wolves in the 81 to 125 rank makes sense. Towns in the top 30 makes sense. I think this is a pretty good list by Partnow. So go check it out. You, of course, need to have an athletic subscription to check it out at The Athletic. Uh, but uh, it's it's a good piece. So be sure to check that out if you can. Um, and of course, as there are other ranking lists put out there, I'm going to make sure to keep tabs on those. Report back on on my opinion on those rankings and, and where Wolves players are placed by the various outlets. So uh, we'll definitely keep tabs on that. All right. Um, that's all I have on the show today. A reminder, we're currently down, we're doing three episodes each week. So I'll have another show on Wednesday, of course, unless anything breaks, we'll obviously do an emergency pod. If there is any major 
any, uh, you know, of course, the Ben Simmons thing is the big thing that's kind of hanging out there. So if there's any major developments there, we'll obviously do an emergency podcast on that. Otherwise, we'll be back on Wednesday. Be sure that if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast that you do so, you can follow or subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google. Of course, the all-new Odyssey app as well. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves or at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A reminder that today's show is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. That's all we have today. Again, a reminder, Locked On Wolves is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, a reminder that you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.